We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your semi-host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. My other host is going to be Alex Strofe today, and then of course we have the one and only Perry Goldstein as well. Perry, Alex. What an absolutely insane game. Matt LaFleur apologized after this game for all the high blood pressure for Packer fans. I felt like he owed us that apology uh, because that was insane. I felt like I needed, I don't know, not a drink, but multiple drinks. Uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't because I've got to do all this stuff afterwards, but uh, it certainly would have been well-deserved if I did. Um, I just want to start getting your gut reactions to this game because that was freaking insane. You want to go, Alex? (laughs) Sure thing. I mean, it was it was exactly how you explained it, right? Like I had my cardiologist on speed dial today because (laughs) I was I've never seen anything quite like that. You know, it was awesome to see Mason Crosby get it done in the end in overtime after missing what were three go ahead field goals in a row after making 27 straight. Uh, which is the longest streak of his career. So that was an odd aspect to it. And I, I, we've talked about it a few times over the course of the last week, and people have said it here on the Packaday podcast. Every time the Packers and Cincinnati go to war, it's just weird, right? I mean, your mind tracks back to when the fan ran on the field, took the ball out of Brett Favre's hands, and now you've got this unbelievably strange roller coaster of a game that that ends in overtime on a made field goal after all of the misses. So um, I'm feeling good, mostly overall. The, the defense still scares me, but they actually played pretty solid with how beat up they are. But but I'm sure we'll get into that. Perry, what do you think? It felt like Groundhog's Day with every missed field goal. I was like, again, we've missed it 
again, especially because it is such a shock coming from Mason Crosby. Um, But I know we're going to get into that. Honestly, I just didn't expect this to be such a defensive game. I went into this thinking, these are two really explosive offenses. It's probably going to be a really high scoring game. I called it 35-31 on PAX, which she said could not have been more wrong. Like Both defenses came to play, which again, you're missing Jair Alexander. You're missing... Um, Zadarius Smith, like you just don't expect that from the Packers, but they really showed up. Um, and then also, I just think from a Bengals perspective, if I'm a Bengals fan, like going toe to toe with the Packers, you must feel really good leaving this game. Yeah, and I think if you're looking at like I talked about it yesterday on the video, like in these interconference games, especially on the road and especially against the Bengals, as you mentioned, Alex, over the year, bizarre things just yeah. seem to happen in these games. And obviously Mason Crosby was the most bizarre of everything, but I've, I've never seen anything work. So the, the Bengals go down, score the touchdown, get the two point conversion. The next six drives for the teams combined, miss field goal, miss field goal, miss field goal, interception, <laughs> miss field goal, miss field goal. That is insane. I have never seen any of those. Any of those would have basically won the game. Yeah. Miss field goal, miss field goal, miss field goal, interception, miss field goal, miss field goal. And then finally, you get, uh, of course, the, the field goal at the end by Mason Crosby after a ridiculous throw and catch from Rodgers to Randall Cobb that I think in everything that happened in that bizarre, insane, crazy, wonderful game, that play at the end on a huge third down, like two minutes remaining in the game, if they don't connect on that, you have to punt the ball away. You're probably hoping at best for a tie at that point. It just is such a massive play. That's why Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb and that's why they got him and that's what well, that's what can happen. It can certainly lead to a victory like it did today. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've seen that on display the last two weeks now with with MVS on IR. I mean, you you look at the connection that Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers have off the field. Now it's coming back to on the field, and it's been a few years since they've looked like this uh, together for for obvious reasons. So it's been really fun to see him kind of break out the last two weeks. But overall, uh, the offense. Well, we'll get to the offense in a second. Let's go to Crosby, right? Because. Just a whirlwind of emotions, kind of reminiscent outside of the ending of that Detroit game a few years back where nothing was going his way, right? Uh, Misses the extra point right out of the gates today and then starts missing those clutch field goals or clutch opportunities at the end of the game and then in overtime. So uh, a roller coaster of emotions, but really coolly got it done. I I saw that Matt LaFleur was asked about uh, the end of game scenario. Were you going to go for it on that fourth and short? Or did you trust Mason? And they had the short, uh, you know, discussion. And he said, all right, Mason, go prove it. And he goes out and and nails it to win the game uh, in what was one of the worst games of his career. Right. So just just wacky all all around pair. Yeah, I I think we've gotten so used to when Mason Crosby goes out there, it's automatic. And so in a game where the whole team pretty much had to overcome the only piece of the Packers special teams that is in any way consistent, like said a lot about the team. And I think, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Mason Crosby though. The Bengals kicker missed a bunch of field goals. Like Andy just said all across the league, they were missing some field goals. So it wasn't, it's almost like you can kind of write it off when you see all of those things happening as it's probably an off game. And next game when Mason Crosby comes out there, you're not going to think, Oh, this is in his head. He's going to miss it. Especially because the only one that he made 
is the one that mattered at the end of the game. You know, when it's, when it's Mason Crosby, you have an extra level of accident forgiveness, right? Because, um, you know, as has been noted on multiple occasions in that Lions game, that awful, awful Lions game, he had four missed field goals and a missed extra point in that game. Since that was 2018, that was 2018. Since that time, four missed field goals total in the last, what, two plus year, like it's just insane. And then four missed kicks today. You're again, willing to give him a bit more accident forgiveness. And it has to be the most insane, like it has to be the worst game ever for a guy who kicked four field goals, an extra point in a game winning 49 yard field goal. That's a dream day for most kickers, but Oh, by the way, he also missed a few, which was crazy. And, and going back to that hesitation point as well, or like the point of talking to uh, Matt LaFleur and, and Mason Crosby, I should say Matt LaFleur mentioned that when he talked to Mason Crosby before that kick, there was no hesitation from Mason Crosby. And I've heard numerous coaches over the years say that's when they know something's wrong. If they go to a kicker and they they've lost their confidence where it's almost like over to the point where like, you really have to question if you even want to keep them on the roster at that point, mm-hmm. because the moment that goes, the moment they lose that confidence, the moment they don't have that anymore, everything just starts to go to heck and worse. Um, but he didn't have that. He had the level of confidence. And I, I personally, I think that adversity that he had to overcome in that Lions game to then come back and be so fantastic from that, I think certainly helps him in a situation like this where he's gone through this before. He's had the, the missteps and he was able to correct it and fix it. Today, he had the opportunity to do that in game, ultimately came through when it mattered most. And yeah, it would have been nice for me if I didn't have to grade 50 extra plays this week because he could have just made the first one uh, earlier at the end of the fourth quarter. Would have been much, much nicer. But again, a lot more accident forgiveness when Mason Crosby's involved. Hey, free football is always fun, right? So Absolutely. you get to grade free football. Why, why, why are you complaining about that, Andy? Come on. Oh, I'm not bro. complaining about that part. Absolutely <laughs> not. But the grizzled old vet, right? I mean, you you mentioned the confidence he's been through all sorts of situations in his career. We referenced a few times now that the, the Detroit game in 2018, but I remember even back to when he was competing against like Giorgio Tavecchio, right? I mean, like there, there's all sorts of up and downs and battles and Mason Crosby continues to knock those dominoes down and remains a really stellar kicker. And by no means was Sunday his best game, but uh, he still has that confidence. He went out and nailed the kick that mattered most, the kick that everybody will remember at the end of the day. But uh, it's still a little scary. I mean, you know, I, I, as soon as he missed that extra point, I was like, uh-oh, is this where, where, where he cools down after he's been so so consistent? But but overall, um, you know, he, he like I said, he nailed the kick that everybody's going to remember at the end of the day. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but the moment that Mason Crosby goes to kick a field goal next week, I have zero concerns. Like I'm with it. Um, You know, so, and, and, you know, listen, maybe he, you know, maybe it does go on a bad streak. I I don't expect that to be the case, but when he goes for his next field goal, there's no hesitation for me of being like, Oh no, it's Mason Crosby. Like I full confidence that this is something that will get fixed. And it's the other thing I I wonder too, they mentioned this week that they maybe changed some stuff up uh, with like the timing uh, of the entire, thing because of all the all the field goals that were almost blocked the last couple of weeks yeah. you wonder if there was just like a, a beat off like something was just a, an ounce different for a kicker when you're doing the same thing and I don't know if they've been doing the same thing over and over maybe they did have some different cadence things that they've done in the past I'm frankly I don't know or care enough usually about that stuff so I can't say one way or the other um, but they did mention that they changed some stuff up I did notice that Tyler Lancaster was the protector on the right side not a bad idea to have a guy that's as wide as a house to try to have to get around if <laughs> your uh, field goal block. But if there was anything that was an ounce different in that, that can sometimes play a part. So we'll see if they can hopefully uh, get in a little bit better rhythm. And I'm sure they will. Well said. Yeah. And 
another bright spot, maybe the biggest bright spot from that game, Perry. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the in the National Football League. Yeah. I mean, he's in a class of his own at this point. He's just competing with himself. Yeah. You know, like he's just leaving everyone else behind him. He's beating his own records. He's beating his own best. When I saw at the end of the game that this was his first 200 yard game of his career, I actually found that hard to believe. So he's just, he just keeps getting better. Um, I think at this point, there's not really that much to say. They can leave him wide open in the middle of the field. Bad idea. They can one-on-one him. Bad idea. Double team. It, it doesn't matter. Um, the, the thing that I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks since MVS got her is kind of who's going to be that deep threat, right? Like who's going to take yeah. the top off the defense with MVS out? Like that piece is kind of missing. Um, and then you see Adams in this game hit that 54 yard bomb and you realize like, it doesn't really matter who else in this offense is missing as long as he is in the game and he is hitting pretty much everything that Rogers is throwing to him. It, it just doesn't matter anymore. Everyone else is secondary pieces. Like they are the stars of the show. Um, and it's, I'm, we're, we're lucky. We're just, we're lucky to have him. And at this point, I think he's made a case. I know he said in his press conference after the game, like, I'm not thinking about my contract. That's not, that's not my primary, you know, goal at this point. It's just about winning games. But like, at this point you have to think the Packers are going to have to pay him whatever he wants in order for him to stay because another team is going to. Right. Unquestionably. And, you know, I know a lot of people were hard on EQ in this game, but EQ and Devontae Adams combined for 11 catches, 206 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> and to be fair, all of that was Devontae Adams, but the point stands. Uh, it is an, and I tweeted this during the game, it is an absolute joy to watch Devontae Adams play football. And there's no other way to put it. Like he, and I've said this for a, year, a couple of years now, he is an artist out on the field. There is nobody like him. I understand why Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, Chad, whatever he's called now, Chad with Metal World Peace, like whatever, like why he was crying when he was watching Devon. Because for somebody who understands the nuances of the game that much, players that can do what Devontae Adams does don't come along very often, if ever. Like he, like when everyone else is going bop, 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 he's going beep, 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 beep. Like he's just like at a totally different speed and rhythm and corners don't know how to deal with it. And it's so fun to watch. And this was also like as maddening and as like heart wrenching and everything else this game was, there was so much beauty in just watching Devonte Adams and Jamar chase have the games that they did. This is the current NFL's best wide receiver in Devonte Adams and quite possibly the next NFL's best wide receiver in Jamar chase. Some of the catches that Jamar chase made in this game were absolutely unreal. Those two combined for 17 catches, 365 yards and two touchdowns. It was so fun to see both of them. And I know in the moment, like, you know, obviously as a Packer fan, you don't want to watch, you know, Jamar chase doing stuff like that, but he is going to be a massive problem for opposing defenses for a long time. Very, very happy that he is in the AFC North and not the NFC North, because like I said, he's going to be a problem, but uh, man, really fun game from both Adams and Jamar Chase. And 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 sometimes it's just fun to sit back on a Sunday in an interconference game, not knowing what you're going to expect at a noon game. See all this craziness happen, but still see two players just absolutely go off. From an equanimous St. Brown dig to robotic noises to compliments of Jamar Chase. That's the, <laughs> that's the mind of the great Andy Herman. Everybody. You can only get it here. On yeah, right. No, you're not getting that anywhere else. else. 
Nowhere. Else. Food takes too. I didn't. I should have thrown something in there. No, I, I'm glad you didn't. We we uh, we never want to hear your food takes because they are that bad. But uh, nonetheless, Devonte ridiculous two 100 yard halves, which is just hard to believe. I mean, who does that? Who does this consistently at such a high level? Uh, we really are special to go back to Perry's point to watch this guy every week because he's just so dominant at a position that it's not easy to be that dominant at. Right. And he's done it for several years now to the point where it's, it's nonsensical. So his, he's going to have a pretty payday next year, but we'll cross that bridge uh, when we get there. How about Devondre Campbell? This is looking like uh, one of the better pickups of Brian Gutekunst's tenure, right? I mean, he has been just a beast through now five games and uh, was, was great again on Sunday had had the early interception uh, was getting in the, in the defensive backfield had a, had a tackle for loss or two uh, was probably towards the, the leaders for tackles in that game. I mean, he's just been ridiculously consistent thus far. And uh, he's been a joy to watch a great addition to the Packers defense. Yeah. Go ahead, Perry. Oh no. <laughs> We're both excited about Devondre Campbell because it is exciting. When was the last time we had a linebacker who could do the things that he does? Like, I don't worry about, you know, whiff on tackles when Devondre Campbell is the one in there. I think Aaron Rodgers said it best. Like, how was he on the open market? I know he was a pretty kind of unknown name from the Falcons, which is not a great team. So maybe that's it, but he's just added such a juice to this defense. And he's had a game changing play in every single game since week one, whether it's a forced fumble, he's had two interceptions at this point. So he's not only like doing all the fundamentals that you'd want your linebacker to do. He's also causing, you know, momentum shifts in the Packers way every single game. I'm really excited to see what he looks like next to Jalen Smith. I think if Jalen Smith can be at all what people thought that he would be, maybe have like some level of a Devondre Campbell resurgence. I mean, that could be an incredible inside linebacker duo for the Packers that nobody's seen in a really long time. And to be fair, I thought Chris Barnes had a nice game today too. But yeah. I mean, talking about Devondre Campbell, one year, $2 million after free agency is all but over, right? Like their mini camp when they picked him up and everyone signed away and Brian Gutekunst makes that signing. Now Campbell's a scouting report, wet dream for scouts. Like he's literally tall, fast, physical sideline to sideline. He's everything that you could possibly want. There are very few linebackers in the league that fit the profile that Devondre Campbell does but you go back and watch the tape, Arizona, Atlanta leaves a ton to be desired, like very inconsistent, missing tackles, not making plays. And you want, you start to wonder after three weeks is like, okay, this is a nice start. Is he going to come back to earth weeks, four weeks, five, he's even better. And he continues to make plays. Yeah. And he mentioned, you know, he, in all the other systems, he was always the Robin in this system. He gets to be the Batman. Sometimes it takes being the guy to really take your job hundred percent seriously and to really dive in and grind and all the things that you need to do to be great because he had the makeup and the profile from day one to be great. It's rare that you see a guy in year, what, six, just all of a sudden click and get it. And he's like, nope, now I'm going to be great. Like that doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while it does. It seems to have happened for Campbell. And I, I thought, Arguably, this was his best game yet on the season. It's been really fun to watch him play football. Yeah, no, it really has been. Was so there really wasn't a moment for you, Andy? You know, during training camp, and you were watching him, where you were thought, "Yeah, this guy could really be the number one guy in this Packers defense." Was that ever even a blip on your radar? I mean, it certainly he had a nice camp, and it certainly felt the entire time like he was going to be the Packers' number one starting inside linebacker. Um, but never, you know, never anything beyond of like what you thought you were going to get out of a Christian Kirk. So like a nice piece 
you know, maybe the eighth or ninth best guy in your defense wasn't going to screw things up, but probably wasn't going to do anything to make big plays or like he did today. That obviously has not been the case. He's been phenomenal through five weeks. Is this the biggest surprise of the Packers season so far to you, Perry? Is this, I mean, one of the best surprises at least? Yeah. I mean, especially when the Packers bring pretty much everybody back. So there's not really yeah. any surprises, you know, kind of what you're getting with these players and they add a couple of pieces, Campbell being one of them. And all of a sudden he's jumping off the page. Yeah. Campbell and the offensive line missing all the guys, I think yeah. are probably the two in the conversation. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. I, that, that was where the other thought went, you know, given how successful they've been without a guy like d in a couple of weeks without Elton Jenkins, you know, They've held it together, which has shocked me. And, you know, the defensive back group uh, today for Green Bay really held it together as well. For the most part, there was a couple big plays. Uh, a nice grab, as mentioned earlier, by Jamar Chase at one point downfield. But overall, it was fun to watch Stokes and Chase kind of battle it out. Kevin King was back. Then he got injured. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but overall, a pretty solid day for the defensive backs pair. Yeah. Super impressed. Like, I think when you lose a player like Jair, yeah. your first thought is, oh gosh, like that hole that he leaves in the defense is going to get exploited by this team. Like, that's just what you assume. And I think at one point towards the end of the game, you had Stokes, John Charles, and Yadam out there. I mean, if you're going into a game and someone told me those were your three, I'd be like, oh, we're getting beat. Like, they're, <laughs> they're just, they're just going to beat them up. And they really didn't. They held their own really, really nicely. I mean, Stokes is coming, becoming a, really solid starting corner. Um, and I think for a rookie in week five, you can't ask for much more. I thought King had a great game. I mean, for the most part, you didn't see him make too many mistakes, which for him is a great game. And they really only allowed one explosive play. And to be fair, I think the Bengals are like one of the best teams and have the most like 20 plus yard explosive plays in the league right now. So to limit chase to one, is I think a success, you know, Stokes, you said it Stokes and chase battling it out. Like that's the future of the NFL right there. Right. Like, that's really exciting. Right. Like Stokes won a few and chase won a few and they were going back and forth and it was really physical and it's really aggressive. And um, yeah, just, you can't ask for much more, especially after losing Jair Alexander. Packers football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you, you take away that Jamar Chase, the big play. Uh, you don't take it away, obviously, period, but you take it away from the corners because D- Darnell Savage was the, the man in coverage on that play. Take away that play, 14 catches, 145 yards, no touchdowns for the wide receivers in this game. And as I went back and watched, there's actually quite a bit of underneath stuff going against linebackers and safeties from the wide receivers in this game as well. Going into this game, Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd against this Packers secondary, I thought was one of the bigger mismatches of the game that the Bengals were going to have the opportunity to take advantage of could not have been further from the truth. Corners really stepped up big. And I know we were going to talk about Kevin King being injured a little bit later, but that's one of the real frustrating things. And this is kind of a classic Kevin King moment is this was a really nice game by Kevin King. You finally have a reason to celebrate Kevin King. And I know it's not his fault. He gets hurt a million percent. Like what are you supposed to do in that situation? He's like a awkward fall on his shoulder. It looked like he almost got stepped on. Like it's, you, it's not like he's trying to go out there and get hurt, right? He's playing fast. He's playing physical. He's playing aggressive, but you finally have a game to celebrate Kevin King about and he goes out hurt again which has been the mo for his career so far so not his fault and and i thought he played a really really nice game up until that point but it's this is just the story of kevin king at this point one step forward three steps back and it's so frustrating in that regards yeah and we don't know the timeline for kevin king yet uh not a lot of news out as we record sunday night but if if he's not able to go let's say for a few weeks, where does your, where does your panic level go to Perry? I saw your eyebrows uh, jet up when, when I said he could be out. What, what's what, where's your panic level at? If it's, if Stokes is your true number one, and then what else do you got? Um, I mean, being realistic, the next couple of games bears 
Washington, not the most explosive offenses. So if the Packers can handle the Bengals, I think they can handle at least the next two weeks after that, when you're getting into like what I call the meat and potatoes of this season, then you start to ask a couple more questions, but then you also hope that you have a couple other players that are coming back. So for now, my panic level is not high given the way they played today. Andy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, You know, you still have guys like Allen Robinson and Terry McLaurin, you know, they're going to need to be matched up with in some way, shape or form these next couple of weeks. But um, you know, one of the things that I think people get frustrated with myself included are some of those plays on third downs where, you know, you know, players are just in off coverage zone coverage, picking up easy first downs in those situations. The reason why green Bay is in so much zone and in so much of those type of coverages is because you don't want to match up man-to-man coverage with all these, you know, younger, more inexperienced corners against all these really good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a ton of zone defense from Joe Barry that limits, you know, the, the need to have the corners that are going to match up quite as well in those one-on-one situations. That doesn't mean you can just put crappy corners out on the field. That's not what I'm saying. But uh, as a result to not having those guys, you know, especially Jair moving forward, we're going to see a lot more of those coverages, a lot more zone, a lot, a lot more off stuff. Um, because, you know, frankly, Joe Barry's just not going to trust his, his corners at this point, especially if King is out as well to man up on some of these, these, you know, wide receiver cores one-on-one. So you have to kind of deal with some of those frustrations because if you start playing man, um, it, it could be, it could be a lot worse, frankly. Yeah, totally. But And, you know, the one big takeaway on this whole thing is, you know, you're getting a good spotlight on Eric Stokes. You know, you, you of course, want to see your first round picks get some action. <clears throat> Jordan Love. Um, and you're seeing this with Eric Stokes, right? And you're seeing it at a high level, especially early. I think we talked a lot in the offseason about the expectation is what? Maybe midseason, he comes in, gets some opportunities, and maybe eventually by the end of the year takes over on a full-time basis for King. Boy, were we wrong. I mean, he's, he's, he's refusing to be ignored here early in the season, and he has done a really, really stellar job with it only being his fifth NFL game. Like, you, you, you have to keep that in mind, but there's some real athleticism, raw intangibles there that you can't just teach, or you can't teach, and he's, he's certainly got what it takes. And I think uh, he's poised to be a real star in this Packers defense over the course of the next few years. So I've been really impressed uh, with Eric Stokes and sounds like he might be the guy for at least the next couple of weeks with not a whole lot of help at the cornerback position. So we'll keep you updated on that here on the pack of a podcast, but let's talk about Kevin King's shoulder injury uh, just a little bit more. I mean, we, like I said, we don't know the expectation, but we are what, what the timeline is. But we do now this this defensive backfield takes a dramatic drop. Um, so the panic level, not too high, but, uh, you know, still not ideal. The guy just can't seem to stay healthy. I mean, he's on a one year deal. If this continues to be the case, I wouldn't expect Kevin King to be back uh, after this year. No, I wouldn't. Either. Uh, the question I have for you guys is. Let's just say Kevin King's out for some period of time. Who, yeah. you know, who do, do you want to see Razul Douglas? Do you want to see Isaac Yadam? Do you want to see more Shamar John Charles? Like what, what direction are you heading in Perry? I'll, I'll kind of want to gauge your thoughts first. It's a really interesting question because we've kind of seen the Packers try out Shannon Sullivan on the boundary. It didn't go as planned. So I don't know if I'd expect that. It looks like John Charles is also more of a slot corner, but he's, younger and I've been a bit more moldy. So I didn't mean that that way, Uh, but moldable (laughs) is what I meant, right? Where maybe they could see how he looks on the boundary, but I think you maybe want to put Yad in there just from like a 
just historic perspective, see what Rasul Douglas, I mean, that's why you brought him in right in this exact event is you sign a guy like Douglas for that reason. Um, but none of the options are great to be quite honest. Like they're not, cause there's most of the guys I think left are really slot and not, not really boundary. Like you yeah. could maybe pull Savage down into the slot, but that doesn't really. Cause then Sullivan's still not a border, border you know, anything, boundary so. guy too. Yeah. I think it's gotta be Adam. I think, I think you have to start with him. I don't think he's been awful in his, his, you know, time in there and maybe, you know, I'm sure it'd be a competition between him and Douglas for the next yep. couple of weeks if King wasn't able to go, but um, I think you start with the Adam and if he, he can't do it, and I think maybe you go to Douglas, but I think that'll be interesting. But the other thing we needed to talk about too is the red zone defense. Cause as was pointed out during the game, I think on the, uh, if either by the announcers or certainly by everyone on Twitter, Green Bay had allowed 11 touchdowns on their previous 11 red zone possessions coming into this game, two more in this game. I'm no math major, but that's 13 of 13, uh, which I'm pretty sure is not good. I, I mean, it, I don't even know like what to say in regards to like what to do different. Just don't do the same. Like, I don't know if you have to be more aggressive. I don't know if you have to be, I don't know what, but that, I mean, you, you talk about a team with Super Bowl aspirations. You want to know one of the worst ways to, you know, see that through to fruition is have an awful red zone defense. And, you know, you hope that the, you know, it, it regresses to the mean at some point. And this, you know, hopefully is something that Green Bay can fix. But man, 13 red zone attempts by five different teams and 13 touchdowns. That is in, an insane level of horridness. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, and, and, you know, I hate to go for the low-hanging fruit, but, uh, you know, bringing in a guy like Joe Barry brings risks like that, right? And I know uh, Twitter is certainly not super happy with him through five weeks. Injuries certainly don't help either with with that statistic, I imagine. But nonetheless, something you've got to clean up. And you, you said it best and maybe worst as well. Uh, just don't do the same, right? I mean, like, that's that's that seems to be the issue. But uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm... Wear a headset and and not a uh, not a whistle for a reason, I guess. Perry, what do you think though? You're way smarter than me when it comes to this stuff. No, I I don't know. It baffles me as well because the defense has has gotten better over the course of five weeks. I think like they're starting to play together better. Pressure's coming. Sure. Front looks great together, and then they get into the red zone and they completely fall apart. And I know that everything gets condensed down there, so it is a different style of play. But like. You said there's no aggression, there's no attacking, there's I don't know if there's been a sack down there in a while. So I think it's just I don't know, it's like the last thing they have to clean up, but it feels like the most important because if you're not making stops down there, the other team's getting points. And if you're gonna run a bend but don't break style of defense, I mean that that's it, right? Like, you know, if you limit half of those touchdowns, you know, into field goals you have a totally different defensive performance this year. I mean, and, and that's not like an abnormal amount of, you know, to, to allow in that, in that sort of situation. So yeah, I, Perry, you said it best. Like that's the big thing to fix. I, I think they've, you know, between the twenties, they've shown improvement. They've been better. Some of those guys up front are stepping up. Devondre Campbell's been great. Stokes is stepping up. Like you're seeing steps in the right direction, but if you can't stop when it, comes inside the 20 it, you're in for a nightmare of a season. So definitely the one, a thing that still needs to get cleaned up after this game. Yeah. And, and your offense is certainly set up to win you ball games. Your defense is set up to just make sure you don't blow them. Right. So uh, that will continue to be the MO for the Packers defense, but next man up mentality. You mentioned it re- briefly. And before we wrap up, I do want to get to this. 
Four and one at the end of the day, a win's a win as sloppy, as weird, as, as roller coastery as it was four and one, regardless, you haven't seen David Bakhtiari this year. You were without Elton Jenkins for a period of time. Jair Alexander goes to IR MVS on IR. The list keeps rolling on all sorts of injuries across this team. Zedaria Smith on IR, right? I mean, there's, there's so many big time injuries yet. This team continues to find ways to prevail and, you know, what Perry calls the meat and potatoes of the schedule, still a couple of weeks out where it gets really, really tough. Uh, you've got to be really, really happy overall with, with, where, with where this team is at, uh, despite all the injuries. That's a tongue twister. Say it 10 times fast. But Perry, uh, despite all against all odds, this Packers team still four and one. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted this out today and it's like if you objectively look at this team and you say, okay, they're missing three starting offensive linemen now with Myers not playing a starting wide receiver, their star corner and their star pass rusher, you'd say that team's doomed. Like there's no way that that team can win. And yet the Packers are going out there and winning football games and they're stacking wins now when it matters, I think, the most because you are going to get David Bakhtiari back. You are going to get Elton Jenkins and Josh Myers back. Presumably MVS is going to play defensive side of the ball is a bigger question mark, but like you are going to get your starters to play. And so your odds of winning those more difficult games, Cardinals, Chiefs, Rams, or who I'm thinking of go up. So you'd rather go into those games six and two or seven and two, you know, throughout the course of the season. And I just think it's impressive. It's resilient that, that I think speaks to LaFleur and the coaching staff and the leaders in the locker room saying, you all just have to go in there and do your part and we'll win. Yeah. I think as of right now, but Randy Ramsey, Will Redmond, Chauncey rivers, <laughs> those are the only guys that are on IR that we know are out for the season. And while I think you can see, you know, the makings of some of the band-aids and scotch tape, that's kind of holding together pieces of this team right now. If, and this is still a big, if, if at some point, all those guys that you just mentioned, Perry are coming back if Jair and Zedarius at some point can come back and you can kind of start getting healthy, the hope, the hope is that as every other team starts to maybe lose players to injury, you all of a sudden get back a Bakhtiari, get back a Jenkins, get back an MVS, get back a Zedarius, get back a Jair Alexander. Green Bay is not going to be able to make a big trade deadline acquisition. They've got some huge, huge players that are coming back that haven't been a part of this four and one, you know, start to the season. And hopefully that can be what really takes this Packers team from, you know, winning football games, but maybe a little bit ugly and maybe a little bit unconvincing to, okay, this is a team that can peak at the right time, come together at the right time and actually win this thing. Because I think if we're being real right now, this team, as I said, like you can start seeing some of the tears due to the injury. But if those tears make the people that are on your team right now stronger, the depth pieces, the rookie linemen, the TJ Slaytons, like all these guys that are getting additional snaps because these guys are out, if it makes those guys better and stronger and then your studs come back, that's the best in both worlds. So a lot remains to be seen, especially with Jair and Zine, if those guys can actually come back. And it's more than just coming back. It's coming back and playing at the level that we're accustomed to having them play at. But if that can happen and you get all the rest of those other guys back too, man, this could be a really exciting team. It's all about peaking at the right time, like you referenced. And they're certainly going to be in a really good spot to do that late in the year, uh, assuming they are 
able to get Jair back at the end of the year. And he's, he's 100% and geared up for, uh, I don't even want to call it a potential playoff run because the NFC North looks like it's locked, locked up for the Packers. It's theirs to lose, but knock on wood nonetheless, but on to Chicago and NFC North matchup next week. It's another noon game. So everybody better wake up with a thermometer to check the temperature of their urine as Matt LaFleur would like. Uh, but on to Chicago and the bears still suck. Andy. The Bears still suck. You said it best, Alex. This has been phenomenal as always. You guys are the absolute best for doing this on game days. I got to say, I love the noon games with having like already got the recap done. Already got, we're doing the video and audio now, like already got the rewatch done. Like this is kick our feet up rest of the night sort of stuff. So <laughs> loving the noon game right now, but thank you both for doing this. Absolutely amazing as always. Perry, where can we find everything that you're doing right now? You can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. I host the Packs What She Said podcast with Maggie Loney every week. So you can follow us on Twitter as well, PWSS podcast, and all our stuff will be there. Alex, what about you? Well, I strongly recommend you go follow Perry and Andy because uh, they are the best at this game, uh, the Packers content game on the interweb. So make sure you go follow them. You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe. Uh, I do a daily talk radio show called The Jump Around, which you can find wherever you do, you, wherever you get your podcast, as well as ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day with former Badger Monte Ball uh, before and after every Wisconsin football game. I know it's not quite the Packers, but if you're in the state, uh, we, we do talk quite a bit of Badger. So that's where you can find me. And thank you, as always, Andy. Always a pleasure, buddy. You guys are the absolute best. Make sure to go follow Perry and Alex and follow everything that they do. That's going to do it for us today. Make sure to subscribe if you have not already. We would greatly appreciate it. Like the episode if you enjoyed it. How could you not? Alex and Perry are the best. I'll be right back here tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer mail checks invoices documents and everything you need to keep your business running get rates up to 89 percent off usps and ups and with the mobile app you can take care of mailing on the go make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com sign up at stamps.com with code program for a special offer that's stamps.com code program